welcome everybody to today's uh, healing service here at Crowhurst Christian Healing Center. I'm David, one of the chaplains, for those who don't know me. Uh, welcome especially to you at home, and uh, hope you really enjoy God's presence and you who are here. Um, outside it's uh, cloudy and a bit gloomy, and the sun is trying to appear, but uh, inside the sun is here, S-O-N, he is here. And he just wants to minister to each one of us. So let's enjoy his presence together in his word. He is a good God, isn't he? Uh, very recently, I was at a, a table eating some very good food, just for a change. And um, there were about five people around this table, and two of them um, are you know, very educated and have uh, professional, have good jobs. And two, two of those folks said, uh, you know, what, I find it really difficult to watch the news these days. It makes me so anxious. I don't know how you feel. Uh, it just seems like in these days there's a lot of anxiety for all kinds of reasons. Do you feel that? Uh, you know, just put the news on. I mean, can you imagine what it's like in Afghanistan right now? You know, just uh, people terrorized, running for the airports. Terrible images of people trying to cling on to the outside of a plane as it's about to take off. Can you imagine the anxiety of, uh, of all that's happening there and just kind of running for, your li running for lives and fearful and the fires and the, the floods in southern Europe? Can you imagine that if that was approaching this, this center or our homes today? The level of anxiety is in the world is huge, isn't it? And when we read the news, which on the TV... Uh, we kind of vicariously feel that, you know, what if we were in that situation? And so we feel that level as well. But even our, in our own situation, which is, isn't so bad, thankfully, but uh, I've been talking to various people uh, in the last few weeks, and, and many have expressed levels of anxiousness and anxiety, illness for a loved one, uh, just going out afresh in public spaces. Uh, that's been hard for many um, and just relating to people after so much time, perhaps on one's own. Getting a jab, I've heard people express anxiety, or, or the second jab, or a new job, or just the future in general. It just seems there are many reasons to be anxious in the world at the moment, and we tend to feel it. But when we have these negative thoughts and they kind of just swirl around in our heads, and maybe they recur and they fill our minds. How do we process them? How do we process them? I just believe the Bible helps us to do that. You know, there's so much talk about mental health and it's, and it's good. And it helps us to, to, to acknowledge it and to work it through. But uh, I have fallen, you probably, many of you will know, fallen in love afresh with the Psalms. Because they just help us with all the, the emotions that we go through, all kinds of emotions, you know, good ones and negative ones, it, they help us process them and bring them to, to God and find a place of, of, of trust and of peace, even in the midst of the swirl of so much anxiety. So on our journey of faith, the Psalms are wonderful, really. They bring us into the Lord's presence. They help us deal with all these many negative things in the presence of God who sees, who cares, who understands. And so we're just going to look at one psalm together. 
And it's really a journey from anxiety to trust, from anxiety, from anxiousness to trust. And that will be the theme of the psalm we're going to look at today. So, and the Lord is here though, isn't he? He just wants to come alongside each one of us. So let's begin by opening our hearts to, to worship him. And the song that's been on my heart is Your Grace is Enough. In the midst of everything that we see and feel, you know, there's lots of things that are not enough, lots of perceived scarcity. But one thing is enough. His grace is enough. And this song, even the first chorus, So I Wait on You. And uh, so, so I draw near again, let your spirit make me new. Isn't that what we want? Isn't that what we need, each one of us? So let's, as we sing this song, let's, as we open our hearts, as we turn to God, whatever we're going through, whatever the world is going through, let's fall at his feet and worship the Lord, the one whose grace is enough. Thank you, Stephen.
Thank you, Lord. We can come before you, worship you, fall at your feet, acknowledge that your grace is enough. So, Lord, would you come amongst us now, pour out your grace to each one of us here in this chapel, those joining us online, Lord, wherever we are. You're omnipresent. You are here with us. Your spirit is with us. You have promised never to leave nor forsake us. So, Lord, we receive your grace, grace upon grace, in this moment, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we're going to uh, look at uh, a psalm, as I mentioned. It's uh, Psalm uh, 3. It's near the beginning of the, the Psalter. And it is a, an amazing uh, psalm. Uh, psalm 1, the psalms are really like a, 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 tra- a pilgrimage, a trajectory of faith. You know, we kind of think of them almost like a hymn book. You know, there's a nice psalm, there's a nice psalm, we'll use that, um, etc., etc. But it's a little bit, uh, there's a, a trajectory of faith. It's a pilgrimage. It does have a beginning, it does have an end. The end is lots of worship, lots of praise with loud cymbals and shofars and all kinds of things. But at the beginning, Psalm 1 and 2 is kind of the introduction. Psalm 1 is, well, how do we follow this God? And it's, it's, the, it's delight yourself in the Lord, delight in his word. You'll be like a tree um, whose, whose roots go deep and uh, whose leaves will never wither. You know, okay, so how do we follow the Lord? Let's delight ourselves to the, in him and follow him with all our hearts. That's Psalm 1. And Psalm 2, well, how... Um, What's this God like? Psalm 2 talks about him as king, you know, so he is the king on the throne. Look at Psalm 2. Uh, and so it's, it's like the beginning, but how do we follow the Lord? With all our hearts, we say we choose to follow him. Uh, we want to follow his ways. We repent of ways that, uh, that led us away from him, and we're going to follow him, delight in him. And, but he is holding a hand. He is the king, yeah? So that's a good start, isn't it? We're going to walk through life together. Um, with him on the throne being aware of that. But you quickly get to Psalm 3 when, you, when it's, it basically says, well, life isn't so easy. It is jolly difficult. So if you look at Psalm 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7, they're all um, kind of difficult, difficult things happen immediately. And it's like in this trajectory of faith, we, 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 we set out with faith and, and, and uh, optimism but life quickly hits us, you know, and it's difficult. And if you look at these Psalm 3 to 7, you, uh, there's one which is um, really struggling with illness, another struggling with just the calamities, difficult things that happen, another struggles with, well, I'm trying to do things right, but all these difficult things still happen. Um, and there's another one just where he feels attacked just by people's words, just, just laying him low. So lots of really difficult things happen even as we start out this faith. And I just, that's why I love the Psalms. They're so realistic, really. Life is not that easy and things to be worked through. So Psalm uh, 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 3, really, sets that all out. How do we struggle? How do we deal with all these kind of distress at times, the anxiety we feel, we feel, the fear? What do we do with them when we're following, when we want to follow the Lord? What we do with all our emotions that sometimes swirl around in our heads? And, um, and life really begins almost in that vein, doesn't it? 
can you remember when you were first born? Probably not. Uh, uh, you came, you know, you're all kind of in, in your mother's womb and it was kind of cozy and warm and, um, uh, uh, and you were safe and all of a sudden you, you're pushed out, maybe with a bit of difficulty and, uh, and then there's all this cold air and um, there's big hands grabbing you and sort of washing you, cleaning you, you know, rough old towel or whatever, and they hang you upside down. I haven't, haven't been present, so maybe this is stereotypical. And, and, sm and smacking your bottom and blah, 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 you know. And welcome to the world. And so you think, oh, I'm glad to be here. Uh, no, you don't think that. I'm sure none of us thought that, did we? <laughs> Even if we consciously could uh, articulate thoughts. It was, Wah! You know, just primal scream, no doubt, of fear. You know, and anxiety. What's this world into which um, I'm born going to lead me to? And um, Psalm 3 is a bit like that, actually. You know, we're, we, we're sort of born into this king. It expresses we're born into the kingdom of God. We want to follow him. Jesus is on the throne. And, but, wah! You know, just some things are jolly, jolly difficult. Psalm 3 kind of sets it out, even at the very beginning of this uh, trajectory. Maybe... Just briefly, uh, we can have that on the screen. And it says, so what's the first thing on this trajectory of faith? Oh, Lord, how many are my foes? You know, there's this horrible-looking doctor, and he's smacking my bottom. No, it's more than that. Uh, just all the negative things that this psalmist is feeling right from the beginning. How many rise up against me? And how many are saying of me, God will not deliver, deliver uh, him? You know, struggle right from where it go. And where is God in all this? Yeah, so that's, that's the beginning, really. Uh, interestingly, honestly speaking, and that's why I love the Bible, how do we deal with it? How do we deal with these things? Um, on this version on our, on our screen, we don't have, um, many of the Psalms have a superscription, like a bit of a title, a bit of an uh, indication. So if we could have that on the, on the screen, please. And Psalm 3, if you look at your Bibles, you will see this. A Psalm of David when he fled from his son Absalom, right? When he fled from his son Absalom. So, uh, what, so this is the situation of this psalm. What, what happened? We, 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 know, we know all about David, don't we? You know, he was there in, as a shepherd. He was looking after the sheep. And he, yet he was called. He was called to his father Jesse and he was anointed. And uh, he had amazing experiences of God, defeating a bear, defeating a lion, and eventually Goliath. And he, he wrote, uh, you know, poetry and songs and all that. So in 1 Samuel, uh, 1 Samuel, the book in the Old Testament. And then he was made king and he had other good experiences and, and victory and all this kind of thing. Um, and, and a kingdom was established in Jerusalem. So all things going well, you know. But what happened? There was a turn in his life. All this gift that he had for God that he was, he was given to, to steward others, to, to, um, to, 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 to ensure that God's kingdom was truly visible. Uh, he was to be God's servant in this kingdom. What did he do? Famously, he thought, well, actually, all this is for me. And famously, he, uh, he committed adultery with Bathsheba. He killed uh, her husband. And from that point, when David kind of turned his focus from God to himself, things began to fall apart. His family began to fall apart. His kingdom began to fall apart. And there was this, and you can read it, 1 Samuel uh, 11 to 19. It's quite a, 
it's quite an old tale, it's quite a tale. We haven't got time to deal with it, but it, it talks about uh, rape and, and murder and all kinds of things. And so David's life and kingdom is falling apart. And in the midst of all this, his son Absalom, um, by, uh, by hook or by crook, gets, uh, um, um, what's, what's the word? Um, approval from uh, the Israelites. And he declares himself king. You know, so what does David do? He, he, he's, he's a fearing that all Israel is against him now, and he flees from Jerusalem. So with this kind of dread, with this anxiety of, of his son raising up, becoming king in Israel, and be, maybe they will come after me soon, David decides to flee. So that's, that's the context. He's fleeing. And, and can you imagine the, the dread, the anxiety? And all my people are now that what I thought were for me are now against me, and now there'll be an army after me. And uh, if, you, if you read in 1 Samuel 15 and 16, we, we see him leaving, fleeing from Jerusalem, and we see him, uh, we see him weeping, you know, Mount Olives, you look at that, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel 15 verse 30, weeping. And someone says, Ittai, the Gittite says, I want to, I'll follow you, David. And David says, well, I don't know where I'm going. There's no point in following me. And then, he's, and then uh, the, um, the story goes on, and he moves through Kidron Valley to a desert. It's like kind of that, that kind of fleeing and that anxiety leads him to a desert. Then we read him being pelted with stones. You can read it all in, in these chapters. And he, then it says he's exhausted and he's weary and he's tired. So that's quite a difference, isn't it, from being king, from having everything. And now he's fleeing. He is worried. And it brings him to a place of feeling exhausted and weary. And I don't know how, how you feel in, in your life. You, you feel, you know, just all the battles that you feel you, that's going on around you, maybe in, in your mind. You feel just wanting to escape like, like uh, David uh, did. You feel exhausted at times, weary feel like you're just being pelted with stones like David was. Maybe it feels like a bit of a desert at times. Just talking to someone recently, that's what they're fe feeling, just with the anxiety of, of life and feeling afraid. And so, how does David deal with this? How does David de deal with these very negative thoughts? that are whirling, swirling around his mind. So in verse one and two, we can have those up on the screen. Oh Lord, let's read that again. How many are my foes? How many rise up against me? How many are saying of me, God will not deliver him? What do we do with lots of anxious, fearful, difficult thoughts? Well, the Bible says what David did, he identified them, he brought them to God. You know, I'm sure many of us have grown up in different kinds of families. Some families where we suppress everything. We don't say what's really going on. Other families where we say everything and we have to sort of ask forgiveness afterwards. But the Lord doesn't want us to, he doesn't want us to suppress all the difficult things we, that are going on. Nor does he want to explode and hurt people just because we can't handle it and, and we just need to get it off our chest but he does want us to deal with it and process it in his presence. And that's what, that's what David's doing. He's saying what he's feeling. I've got all these foes around me 
and, and uh, this is maybe a summary, he's, he's naming them. And that's what the Lord, how do we deal with lots of negative thoughts around us? Process it before God, bring it uh, to God. And David must have been just attacked, maybe, you know, God, many are saying God will not deliver him. He's probably been attacked on who he is. You know, you're a good for nothing. You're supposed to be a good father. You're supposed to be a good king. Look at you. You're nothing. You're, you're worthless. And it's, it's a kind of an attack on who he is, what God has said that he would be. And so David is processing this, bringing it to God. And that, that's what the Lord invites us to do, you know, not suppress it, not to let it swirl around our heads, uh, not to explode and and hurt others, but to, to, uh, to, to speak it out, to name it, to identify it. And I just wonder, is there anything that you're really going through that really consumes your mind and maybe brings you down? And uh, the Lord just invites each one of you, each one of us, to bring it to God, to process it in front of him in his presence and bring it to him because he sees and he cares and he uh, loves. And uh, just at the end of that verse, there is the word sila. Sila, what's that mean? Scholars don't quite know what that means. Maybe it's a pause. Maybe it's a, a musical interlude. Some think it's, think it's an invitation to prostrate oneself before the Lord. But either, either way, it's pouring oneself out before the Lord and then taking a pause and just bowing before you. What, what Lord, I invite you to intervene. What, what can you do? I, I don't know. Where else can I go? You have the words of eternal life. It's like turning to the Lord in the midst of it. And verse uh, 3 and uh, 4. You can tell there's a turning here, can't you? There's a definite turning to all that anguish. He goes, but, but. It's a big but. Not my big butt, but what the Lord is about to do and say and to encourage us. But you are a shield around me, O Lord. You bestow gl glory on me. Literally, it means you are my glory and you lift up my head. So there's three things that the Lord, he feel, uh, David feels encouraged by in the midst of his anxiety. You are a shield about me. And this is a word for, it's not the, a huge shield that covers everything, it's a small shield. So it covers our most important uh, organs. So you are a shield. Yes, there will be attacks on all sides, but you keep me covered. That inner, most important part of my being, you keep me covered. What's the most, in, in, most important part of our being? Knowing that we are God's children, I belong to him. He's my, I'm his son, I'm his daughter. I am precious to him, I am loved. He will never leave me or forsake me. That's the shield, isn't it? That's the shield and it's around me. He feels that God's shield is around him. Somehow it's, it's in the midst of those struggles that we know that God is there more than anything else. You are a shield around me. And then he says, you are my glory. You are my glory. What's glory mean? It means weight, 
It's like, uh, it's a weight. It's something, it's what's really, really important. It's associated with presence, the presence of God, kavod, what's really, really important. And David had turned his gaze to other things. He'd wanted just to fulfill his needs. His focus was a, on himself. And, but this moment of repentance here, yeah, I thought almost like what I was going through, that's the most important thing. But he's turned his gaze to the Lord. You are my glory. You are the most important thing. I turn afresh to you. And so we see David saying, you are my shield. You are my glory. And you lift up my head. It's just, that's a wonderful picture, isn't it? To give us, when we're down and we're looking down and we're looking in on ourselves. And the Lord wants to lift our heads to give us fresh hope to restore us again. And then verse 4, to the Lord I cry aloud and he answers me from his holy hill. When we really pour out ourselves honestly with the Lord, he answers. We know he answers. Yeah? You, you, always, you wonder, you say sometimes, well, God's not answering my prayers. But, I, but if you pour out your soul before the Lord, say, just process it as David is, identify what's really happening in honestly, honesty, it, it, the Lord does come alongside. And David knew at that moment that God answers him from his holy hill, from his holy hymn, from Jerusalem that he had left. That's where the Lord is king, because he is king. And the holy hill is also where, where sacrifices were made to. It's like David seeing that place where sacrifices were made. Ultimately, the cross, he has forgiven us. And, and there is newness and forgiveness and restoration. So David knows as he, as he has repented, he's turned afresh to the Lord, saying, you are my glory, not me anymore. You are my glory. He knows that God wants to and is forgiving him. He answers from his holy hill. And verse 5 and 6. <clears throat> and so he's coming through. It's, it's short verses, but it's expressing a lot. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. And I will not fear the tens of thousands drawn up against me on every side. He is coming to a place of peace, isn't he? To be able to lie down uh, in a place of peace. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. When he tries to work it all out himself, it goes askew. But when we trust in him, things are different. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Philippians 4, verse 4 to 7, rejoice because the Lord is near. So bring all your requests to the Lord, all your anxiety before the Lord in prayer. And the peace that transcends all understanding will fill your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so he says, I will not fear the 10,000s even drawn up against me on every side. Well, even if the army does come after me and I end up even dead, that's not the end. It's a serious place of peace. The Lord does say, I go and prepare a place for, for you. To a thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. 
when we know the Lord, we know whatever happens, even the end, we're going to be with him. And so David could say, I can lie down in peace. And so finally, in verse 7 and 8, and he prays out, Arise, O Lord, deliver me, O my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. For from the Lord comes deliverance, and may your blessing be on your people. Rise up, O Lord. He's just crying out, Rise, O Lord. Um, in Numbers 10, verse 35 and 36, when the people of Israel left um, their camp into battle, they would sh shout out this, Rise, O God. May your enemies be scattered. May your foes flee before you. He's saying, yeah, even in these difficult moments of life, Lord, I need your presence, your victory with me. Deliver me. Give me the victory. I look to you and strike my enemies. Strike those strongholds that make me fearful in my mind. Those anxious thoughts, those recurring thoughts. Instead of those lies, you are sufficient. You are with me. You love me. You provide. So from the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. So it's an eight short verses really, isn't it? It's from quite a, a moment of apprehension and dread and worry about the future that David was going through as he fled. But coming, just turning afresh to the Lord, seeing that the Lord is his shield, that he will protect the most important part of his being, that he is his glory. You know, just as a fresh repentance. Uh, you are the one who lifts up my head. You answer me. You forgive me. And so I just welcome your presence. I'm uh, afresh, Lord, that you will give me peace. And so it's a trajectory from anxiety to trust. And to peace. So may the Lord just come amongst us. Help us bring those things that disturb us, that uh, knock us, that recur in our minds. He wants to bring us to a place of peace and of trust. And uh, just to finish, I want to read just a poem by it's uh, David Geit, and it's called David's Crown. And he writes a 15-line poem in every single psalm. And this is what he says about Psalm 3. <clears throat> oh, that you may, may find your, that, that you may find your peace in his goodwill. Call out to him and tell him all your fear, for he will hear you from his holy hill. He knows how many ills, both far and near, oppress your soul and how they multiply, these obstacles and problems. How you veer from one side to the other, from one lie to yet another, till there's nothing true. Just let it go for now. Don't even try. Lie down and rest. Let him look after you. And in the morning, when you rise again, then let him lift your head and change your view, replenish, renovate you, and sustain his long, slow blessings in your growing soul till troubles cease and only joys remain. That's Psalm 3, a poet's representation 
of it. So shall we just invite the Lord if there's something we, you would like to bring before the Lord, what you are going through, what others are going through. This is just a moment to do that, to bring it to his throne. And uh, let him minister to us. We're going to just, in the words of a song, sing and worship him. And as we do that, we can cry out to him for his grace. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I'm rich because the Lord is with me. The last verse says, and I will rise from waters deep into the saving arms of God, and I will sing salvation songs. Jesus Christ has set me free. He is our victor, our helper, our sustainer. Let the weak say, I am strong. Thank you, Stephen.
this, and that is our victory. Jesus died and rose again, and he is present here in each one of our lives. So we're just going to come as we come towards the end of our time together and, and pray together. And uh, we're going to pray for ourselves, we're going to pray for others and uh, for the needs of the world. But there's going to be a prayer response. I will pray out and then if we can say this prayer response together, which will be on your screen, and it'll be this. You, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. Arise, O Lord, and deliver me, my God. Okay, so let me say that all together out loud at the end of each uh, prayer that we say together. So shall we come before the Lord in prayer here in the chapel, you guys at home? And so first of all, Lord, we come before you. Thank you, you hear our prayers. And just like David, Lord, we want to bring what's made us anxious and fearful in these days. We want to bring it to you, you who see, you who, who cares. So in these moments, people of God, bring to the Lord what has made or is making you anxious and fearful in these days. And let's say out loud together over these uh, burdens that we've brought to the Lord. You, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head. So rise, O Lord, deliver me, my God. And Lord God, we bring also perhaps strongholds in our minds where we frequently get anxious and they just recur and we find it hard to escape from them. Maybe we've opened the door in the past from what we've done, Lord. If we have, Lord, please forgive us. Please forgive us, Lord. Please may your washing and your cleansing be over us. And Lord, where these recurrent anxious thoughts built, built up on our minds of caused by other we are, others, we ask that you would break, in any case, break the power of anxious thoughts, any strongholds in our minds that frequently take, take us down these paths of anxiousness and anxiety. If there's something in particular you want to bring before the Lord, that something with which you battle with often bring it to the Lord now. And together let's declare, you Lord are a shield around my glory 
the one who lifts my head high. Arise, O Lord, deliver me, O my God. And Lord, we pray for that the triggers that bring us down these anxious uh, tracks, Lord, would you nullify them over our lives? Would you break its power over our lives? Would you change the pathways in our minds even, Lord, that they wouldn't go down these negative train tracks to that negative station of anxiety where it's hard to get out of. Lord, we pray you break the power of these triggers in our lives. In Jesus' name. Together. Uh, you, Lord, are a shield around me. My glory, the one who lifts my head high. Rise, O Lord, and deliver me my God and so we pray instead Lord that you'd reveal your great love to each one of us Lord give us your peace your shalom increase our capacity to trust you to know you're there that you love us you're never going to leave us you're never going to forsake us give us fresh revelations of your love Lord you who answers our prayer from your holy hill. Send us your peace, your shalom, O Lord. Together, you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. Arise, O Lord, deliver me, my God. And Lord, we don't want to just pray for ourselves, we want to pray for others for whom we are concerned. Needing your touch, needing a revelation of who you are, that they would trust you and not fall into spirals of negative thoughts, of anxiety. Help them turn to you and find solution and peace in you. Lord, if there's anyone you would like to bring before the Lord someone you care for, a family member, a situation. Let's take a few moments and bring it before the Lord. Bring these people before the Lord, these dear ones before the Lord. all in this intercessions book, Lord, those who have asked prayer of this centre, we pray for them regularly, Lord. Grace upon grace on these lives and the ones we have brought to you in our hearts and out loud. Let's pray again together instead of around me, let's around them, let's bring them into this circle. You, Lord, are a shield around them, their glory, the one who lifts their head high. Arise, O Lord, deliver them, my God. And finally, for our needy world, Lord, we bring to you, especially Afghanistan. We can barely imagine the stress that folks are going through. 
all we can pray is may your kingdom come, your kingdom of peace and forgiveness and of justice and of mercy. May your kingdom come over that land that you love, over those people you love so much. Over this world, Lord, we cry out to you. And for our own nation. So let's declare this time you are Lord, are a shield around us. You, Lord, are a shield around us, our glory, our glory, the one who lifts our heads high. Arise, O Lord, deliver us, my God. you Lord. So Lord may your great peace fall on your people today. And the Lord says this, a blessing as we go through this day. But do take time, if you need more time, just to process this before the Lord. Bring what frequently gets us down and troubles us to the Lord. He cares and he sees. And the Lord says this, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, whatever you're going through. The Lord is near. So do not be anxious about anything. I looked up the word anything in the original language and apparently it means anything. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the promise of God and his blessing for you today. So may the Lord's richest blessing be upon each one of us today. We're going to conclude with turning our eyes towards the Lord, King of Kings, Majesty, the one on the throne looking up from ourselves to him. God of heaven living in me, gentle saviour, closest friend, strong deliverer, beginning and end. So all within me falls at your throne, your throne. King of kings, majesty. God bless you, each one of you. In Jesus' name. Amen.